But all that leaves me to do is welcome Ruth Cracknell, who is our Cap Centre manager. Let's give her a big round of applause. Ruth has been leading our Cap Centre for how long? Uh, no, three years. Three years. So Ruth is going to be taking us through uh, some of the stuff that's been going on, some different testimonies of what's going on in Cap, and open up the Bible to talk to us why Cap is so important. But please, we love Ruth. She's got so much to share. I'm just going to pray for you, Ruth before she she takes us on this cap journey. (laughs) Lord, we thank you for our dear sister Ruth. We thank you for how she is serving and loving the poor in such a really practical way. Lord, we know that she works her socks off to love these people and help them find you as they become debt-free, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be speaking through her, Lord. Let us all be stirred on and encouraged by what you're doing through her and the many other volunteers who, who give so much time and energy to serve and love the poor. We love what you're doing in her, Lord. We pray that you would use her this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Luke. Right, who here has heard of CAP? Great, that's a good number of you. Um, I'm just going to explain briefly who CAP are, because I'm sure there are people here who haven't heard of CAP before. So CAP stands for Christians Against Poverty. Um, It is a charity that has been running uh, for 23 years now. Um, They're based up in Bradford. That's where their head office is, but they work through local churches all around the UK um, and internationally as well now to help those who are living in poverty, uh, particularly uh, with focus uh, on those who are in debt, um, which we're going to be looking at particularly this morning, uh, those who are in long-term unemployment, um, those facing addiction, um, and those who are just like need some help budgeting as well. So, um, yeah, we have an amazing privilege here at Rev um, of having a debt centre. Um, so it's been running for eight years now. Um, and, yeah, so before I was at Rev, we've had, we've had the debt centre here. Um, and they, it's just amazing. It's an amazing opportunity to be able to serve our local community, to reach out to those who really need it, who are, um, yeah, who are, vulnerable, who are on low income, who are struggling and overwhelmed by debt. Um, so yeah, in the, in the time that I've been, I've been with CAP, um, I've seen, just been able to work with so many clients, had the privilege of going into people's homes, and we do face-to-face um, debt, debt counselling, so it's going into homes, walking with people through this journey as they start from, from being in debt to hopefully at the end of it being debt-free. Uh, so that's a, that's a little overview of CAP. Um, and yeah, this morning we're just going to be hearing a few more stories of people who have, have done that journey, who are on that journey, um, um, hearing what God has done in their lives, um, and also looking at um, Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16, which is um, about the church being the light of the world. Um, so I'm just going to read that passage now, if we could get it on the screen. Uh, so you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I'm just going to pray. Yeah, Father, thank you so much. for this passage. Thank you so much that you call your church to be the light of the world, that you call us to um, go to places of darkness and to, to take you there and to shine your light. Um, I thank you for CAP. I thank you for um, just the amazing work they do. And I pray that yeah, you just really um, help me as we unpack this verse today and you would just give us really open hearts um, to respond to what you are saying. Amen. I'm just going to invite Sarah up now. Um, and she's going to share a bit of her story. Yeah. Right, 
Sarah, thank you so much for agreeing to share some of what you've been through today. Um, so just if you could start by just sharing a bit about how you, how you got into debt or what, what a bit of your story is. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I ended up in debt because, well, probably mostly because I was a single parent, really. And with all that brought and not being able to afford childcare and things like that, I couldn't work full-time. And I got into debt and... I think this is what happens to most people, it spirals, and it spiralled, and I just put my head in the sand because I couldn't cope. Um, I tried to work, you know, to phone people and sort it out, but I just kept getting back into debt, and in the end, I just wasn't even opening the letters, I was shoving them away, that were coming to tell me I needed to pay money, which I couldn't pay, so I just didn't really know what to do, and yeah, it had effects on everyone, family and and myself, and your health suffers, so, yeah, it was pretty tough. Okay, so then you, how did you come to hear about CAP, and um, I know you, you work with Sally, um, mm-hmm. can you tell us a bit about what, what yeah. impact that made and how that worked? Yeah, so basically it was a, a friend of mine who was a Christian, I wasn't a Christian at this time, and I'd known her for quite a few years, and she actually told me to ring CAP, and I did, and... I wasn't living in London at the time, I was living in Cambridge, and so I was put onto another team at the beginning, but I was just about to move here to London, and um, so I was transferred over here to Camden, and I was put in touch with Sally, and Sally just literally walked me through the whole process. Um, When I started burying my head in the sand again, she would ring me and say, come on, you can do this, I want you to do this. Um... And she basically got me through it um, with just, like, love, really. And um, she also introduced me to the church, and, of course, that changed everything. So that's how I became a Christian, and everything's been completely different ever since. <laughs> Amazing. Can you, like, share a bit about what is different now or what is different from, yeah, before you start working with everything, Catherine? Everything's <laughs> different. Everything's different. So, like, A, I don't have this sort of feeling of guilt over my head about YO, and that's all gone um so yeah just life is completely different I've been given another chance to just keep on top of things and I am keeping on top of things and of course what's changed most is you know I know God now and I know Jesus and that's completely through CAP and I know others who have similar stories and yeah CAP really works it really really works um, and I know, so Sarah also comes out on visits with me now um, to help others who are in similar situation. Um, how do you find that coming oh, out on visits? Great. It's really great, yeah, really, really great. And it's so nice to be able to go in and tell people, look, I've been there. Um, I know what you're going through. You don't have to feel bad. It's, you know, you don't have to feel ashamed. We're here to help. And it's, it's yeah, it's a powerful thing, really. Yeah, it's, it's a privilege, really is, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Sarah. Can we like give a massive round of applause? (laughs) 
Yeah, so as um, Sarah was saying, I think one of the things that CAP does so differently from other debt counselling um, charities or, or services is that they, they, they are so committed to caring for the person. It's a really, um, we don't just want to get them um, out of their debt. We want to really support them. We want to help them. We want to pray for them. We want to work with them for other things they're struggling with. Um, and yeah, there's that kind of going the extra mile is, is what CAP are really good at and like persisting, even if people may be like, oh, I'm not sure. It's like, come on, we, we believe in you. We want to see this for you. So come on, we're, we're going to keep championing you and really like helping you through this. Um, so um, yeah, we're going to look at Matthew 5, 14, 16 and unpack that a bit more. But before we look what it means to be light, I just want to spend a little bit of time looking at what kind of means to be in darkness. Um, and I've, I find it really hard to imagine um, a world where there is no light, um, where it's where you're just completely cloaked in darkness um, all of the time. I even find it hard to live. Imagine living in a country um, where they don't get much sunlight. Um, I mean, I complain about the UK, but in countries like Finland or Sweden, Norway, where for most of the um, winter, they only get a few hours of sunlight. I can't imagine that because I really I love light. And I, um, yeah, there's something really life-giving about light. Um, and so I'm sure you can all imagine a time or think of a time where you've been um, in a place where it's just been really dark, where you can't see anything. I'm talking like physically now. Um, and maybe it was just for a few seconds, maybe it was for a few hours, but it's really disorientating. Um, and as, as well, I'm sure you can all think of a time, I know I can, where um, you've been in a place where it's not physical or literal darkness but where you, you, could, you would describe it as like, wow, it was just a really dark time. It was a dark place. It felt like um, the darkness was, was pressing in. Um, and as we just, just think about that, um, there are a few things about darkness that I just want to like note that when you're in darkness. Um, it's really isolating. Um, you feel really cut off. You can't, if you can't see the hand in front of your face, you can't see who's around you. You, can't, you don't know what is there. Um, and I think loneliness in our city... Loneliness in our country is a massive thing. Um, it's a massive problem. People feeling like they don't have community, that they don't have people there. Um, it's really isolating. And if you're in the dark, you don't, you don't know that people are there or you, you don't think they can see you. Um, and it, yeah, it's really, really hard. Um, and I think for, for a lot of our clients as well, um, a lot of that darkness can come from, from external factors, um, mental health physical disability, um, so many things, but also shame at just being in that place of debt and like, I don't want people to know, I'm going to keep that covered, I'm going to keep that in the dark, which ultimately means they're kind of in a place of darkness too. Um, the second thing, darkness is scary. Um, there's a reason that um, like a lot of horror films or children's books where they're like, there's a scary scene, it happens in the dark because that's like, there's a lot of fear around the dark, um, fear of the unknown, you don't know what is there. And again, for our clients, when they're, when they're in debt, when they're struggling, they don't know what's going to happen next. They have no idea what's around the next corner, whether someone's going to come knocking at their door demanding money, whether there's going to be another letter through demanding more money. What's, what's going to happen next? What circumstance is going to happen that could lead them to even worse place than they are already in? Um, it's also really paralyzing when you're in the darkness. Again, if you can't see what's ahead of you, you don't want to move. You think, actually, it's safer to stay where I am than to try moving forward. Um, like, yeah, I, I don't want to risk tripping over something. I don't want to risk falling over a cliff. I don't know. Um, whatever it is in the darkness, you don't want to risk that. So it's easier to stay where you are. And that's, that's not always helpful. And um, often that can make things worse rather than better. But when you're in the darkness, you can't see that. 
you don't have any guidance, you don't have that, that light at the end of the tunnel that you're working your way towards, you're just staying where you are. And again, um, a lot of people will, will stay in their debt, Sarah mentioned, burying her head in the sand because she didn't know what to do, like she just stayed where she was. Um, or for some people it will even be um, actually... What will be better for me now is if um, they contemplate suicide because that, that will be the end of it and then like, that will be better for people around me. I won't have to face it anymore. Darkness, um, yeah, it's really hard. And I said at the beginning, I can't imagine being in complete darkness and yet we see in Genesis 1, God said, um, no, skipped a bit. In Genesis 1, now the earth was formless and empty Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. How glad are you that that second verse is there, that it doesn't just end with the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep. But it goes on to say, let there be light, and there was light, and God separated the darkness from the light. I'm so glad that that was there, that God didn't leave us in darkness, that he saw that light was good and he separated the two out. So now we come to this, this passage uh, in Matthew, um, and it might seem like a bit of a leap to go from uh, let there be light to you are the light of the world. That's a big leap. We have also skipped the whole of the Old Testament, so that is why there's a big leap. Um, but um, yeah, you are the light of the world. That's what Jesus says. Um, And this is coming from um, a passage um, that's called the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew, and it's basically a collection of of a lot of Jesus's like epic teachings um, to his disciples. Um, And it explicitly says like this is to his disciples. Um, So um, and yeah, if you had to sum up the Sermon on the Mount in two words, it would probably be radical obedience. Like that is what Jesus is, is calling his disciples to in, in many different ways. He covers loads of topics, um, but these verses come in the middle of that. Um, and like I said, he's talking to his disciples at the time. Um, he's not just talking to, to like everyone. He's talking to those who are following him, who've chosen to follow him. Um, and if you're here today and you call yourself a Christian and you follow Jesus, then he's, this is to, to you as well. He's talking to you. So um, let's see what he says and let's, let's listen up. So, you are the light of the world. Um, I found this verse a bit confusing a bit in the past because um, Jesus says elsewhere that he is the light of the world. And I was like, this is a bit confusing. Like, is it it me or is it Jesus? Um, So in John 8, it says, Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Um, And yeah, like I say, if, if we're Christians then we have Jesus living inside of us. When we say yes to Jesus, when we open our hearts up to him, by his Holy Spirit, he comes and dwells within us. Um, so that is why he can say that we'll never walk in darkness, because he is the light of the world. So if he is with us, then we will not walk in darkness. Um, and yeah, if we have the light of the world living inside of us, that is what makes us the light of the world. It's not us being the light of the world by ourselves. It's because Jesus is inside of us and because he lives within us, and that's what he promises, that then we become carriers of his light. And so we can confidently proclaim that we are the light of the world because he says it about us. Okay, so it's not about us. It's not us being like, yeah, I'm the light of the world. I'm, I'm on par with Jesus. It's because Jesus is within us that we are the light of the world. And so we need to be confident in that because I think when we're confident in that, it changes how we view darkness. 
Um, if we go into darkness knowing that we have the light of the world within us, then we don't need to fear darkness. We don't need to fear what is there because we are walking in light. We're no longer in darkness, so we can't physically go into darkness because we are walking in the light. And one of my favorite verses is Psalm 24, 23, verse 4. Um, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm going to read that again. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort, for, comfort me. And yeah, I'm so thankful that when we as a cap team go into people's homes, that it's not just us going in. Um, it's not just us going into people's homes by ourselves. I'm sure we'd be able to do a lot of good. Cap would still help a lot of people who are um, in poverty, who are in debt. They'd still be able to do the amazing work they do. But it's because we go in um, knowing that we are carrying Jesus. Because we go in full of the Holy Spirit, that we're actually able to make real lasting change and have the impact um, because it's him working through us. Um, And so, yeah, whenever like there are places you go or people you meet and you can just sense real darkness. You don't need to fear that because he is with us. Um, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. There's another verse in John um, that says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And yeah, before we move on to again look a bit more about what, what it means to be light in the darkness, I think it's just really important to remember that but for Jesus, we would all be living in darkness still too. Um, that we all were living in darkness until Jesus came and he opened our eyes. We sang it earlier, like, like a, um, oh, I can't remember the lyrics now, but like we sang it earlier and like we all were living in darkness until Jesus reached down and rescued us. We all were living in darkness until Jesus shone his light into our hearts. It's nothing that we've done. It's nothing that we've rescued ourselves or we've shone our own light. It's all because he has done it for us. But for Jesus, we would still be in darkness. There's a verse in Colossians, which is just amazing. It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's an amazing verse, and like the implication is that we were in darkness, we were in the dominion of darkness, and now we're in a different kingdom. And if you're going to have a different kingdom, it can't be a kingdom of darkness, it's a kingdom of light, and it's the kingdom of his son, it's the kingdom of Jesus, who is, we already know, the light of the world. So we're in this new kingdom now, under the rule and reign of Jesus, um, and it's not a kingdom of darkness, it's a kingdom of light, it's a kingdom that will never end, it's a kingdom that is advancing, um, and yeah, we are under Jesus' rule and reign, and it is a beautiful, beautiful kingdom. And we get to be part of that, we get to be part of this kingdom, um, and not just part of it, but we get to take this light with us wherever we go. Um, we are the light in our communities, we are the light in our workplaces, we are the light in our cafes, in our pubs, in our schools, on the streets, in our homes, wherever we go, we get to be the light um, because we have Jesus in us and because we are part of his kingdom. Isn't that a privilege? (laughs) It is a privilege. (laughs) Steph thinks it's a privilege. Great. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, so what are we going to do because of that? We're called to shine. That is what this passage is about. It's calling us to shine because that is who we are as the church. Um, So it says... A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Um, 
And yeah, just I was reflecting over this verse, um, just kind of like, what is Jesus really trying to say here? And I think there's the fact it's on a hill. It's a city on a hill. It's a place of real prominence. It's not tucked away behind a hill in a little valley. Um, It's on top of the hill, and it's in a place of prominence. Um, And a city, even in that time where they didn't have electricity and it wasn't lights on every corner, bus, phone, billboard, home, like there would have been light because where there is life, there tends to be some form of light. Um, And so, yeah, I think um, I kind of was thinking of it as more, um, if you've seen like the Lord of the Rings or films like that, where they have these beacons that um, uh, announce when a kingdom is under attack. So you have um, a hill and it's got a pile of wood on it all ready to be lit so that at the first sign of attack, um, it will go up in flames, and then the next beacon on a mountain a few miles away um, will see, oh, okay, there you go, that's been lit, and then their one will go up, and then the next one, and you'll have this chain reaction until the whole kingdom knows, all right, we're under attack. And just like this real, it would be no point having them tucked away. They're meant to be high up, set up, so everyone can see. Um, and I think there's just real reassurance in this. It's, he says, Jesus says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, Um, But if we're worrying, like, am I shining? Am I making an impact? Is there anything, um, like, can people tell that I'm a Christian, that I'm following Jesus? I think if we are really seeking after him and we are following him, then people will be able to notice. It will be obvious um, because that's what a city on a hill is. It's obvious. Um, So, like, that's just real reassurance from Jesus. Like, Like, people will notice. And then it goes on to say, "'Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket.'" Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Um, and I feel like this is, a, again, it's like a bit of a, Jesus is having a bit of a joke. Like, why would you um, turn on a lamp um, and then put a, a basket over it so that you couldn't see the light? There's, there's no point in that. It's a bit ridiculous. Um, so he's having a bit of a laugh. Um, but there's also a challenge in it um, to us today. Like, what is the point of having the light of the world inside of us, living within us, if we then try and cover it up, if we then try and hide it so that people don't know we're a Christian, so that they don't know like, what we're all about, so they don't see it in action. Like, what is the point in that? We're defying the whole point of who we as the church are meant to be. So there's a challenge there. We've got a reassurance and then a challenge. And then he goes on to say, Let your light shine before others that they may see your works. So, in case we were wondering how we shine, what does it look like to be light of the world? Um, I think Jesus is really obvious here that how we shine is by showing it. It needs to be seen, it needs to be visible, so it needs to be an action, okay? It can't just be words, because you can't see words. It needs to be visible in our actions. So, what are those actions? How do we do it? Here's a few examples. Um, By feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the orphan and widow, helping those in debt, standing up against injustice... There's so many things that we can do that will show by our actions that we are followers of Jesus. Um, I'm just going to read a few quotes now that I've just written down from um, a few things that my clients have said over the last couple of months, um, just to really show that when you do, um, yeah, when you do act and show God's love, people do really notice, and they know it's the church. Um, so for so long, I've been able, to, I've been having to make the decision of. Do I pay my creditors or do I feed my kids? I didn't know organisations like CAP existed and it feels like a miracle. I can't believe this is real. A weight has been lifted and I'm breathing fresh air into my lungs for the first time in ages. 
I must be going crazy, I think. But you prayed and the pain in my foot went. It was a miracle. It's such a relief to see how much Cap care about the detail. I really couldn't do this on my own. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you so much to everyone at your church. You really do make a difference to people's lives just because you care. Bless you all. My shoulders and head feel different since you guys first came. Like I can sit up straight again and the headaches from the stress have completely gone. Something's happening to my faith too. I feel like there's a way out of this hole that I've been in for so long. A tunnel that previously was just filled with darkness. Now there's light in that darkness. Just a few examples um, that, yeah, noted down that people have said. Like, when the church stand up, when they stand out, when they, when they show the gospel in their actions, people really notice. Um, and if you are wondering how you can get involved with CAP today, I've got a few ways I'm going to tell you through now. So um, befrienders, whenever we go on CAP visits, I never go alone. I always take people from the church with me um, to be a befriender, to come along, to support them, to support me, to pray, to share. Um, to Yeah, there's so many ways. So if you are free in the daytime particularly and you want to come along and get involved, chat to me after. It's like Sarah was saying, it's just an amazing opportunity. Um, we also have a prayer team. We meet every other month um, and we um, yeah, ask clients what they want us to pray for and then we just lift it up in prayer and we go for it and just had an, have incredible opportunities to, to pray into that darkness and to ask Jesus to shine his light into situations and to answer prayer. And yeah, I've seen incredible answers to prayer through that. Um, our blessing team, if you want to cook meals um, for people who have just had babies or are... Um, um, not feeling like, yeah, aren't well enough to cook for themselves or don't have the money to cook for themselves. We'd love to just grow that more and more and be able to just, like we would as a church family, bless people outside of the church in that same way. Um, and our events team as well. We have um, events throughout the year where we just want to bless our clients, where we want to give them a really good evening, um, but also share the gospel with them in that time. So we've got an event coming up um, in a couple of weeks. Um, which Fliss spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, it's Sounds and Stories of Hope, um, where we've got some of our Rev artists who are going to be sharing um, yeah, some of their stories, some of their songs. Um, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be in a local cafe who have given us their space for free, which is amazing. Um, just a real favour there. So um, already you guys have um, donated money so that we can buy each client who comes um, a coffee and a cake. Please, if you want to give, um, please keep giving. There's still some money there that we need. So um, yeah, come to me after and I'll let you know the link or how to give or go to the Connect guys at the back. Um, they can do it on the tablets there. Um, but also, if you've got a car and you want to drive and pick people up and take them there, what a blessing it is when you live in London to get a lift in a car. Um, so yeah, just small things, but again, really showing the heart of God to people, um, really showing God's kindness um, and just really blessing them in that. And particularly, I think when people, when you're on low income and yeah, they're paying into their cap plans, they're trying to get out of debt and there's not that money there for a coffee, for someone to say, look, have a free coffee and a cake. Like, that's massive. It's massive. Right, so what is the aim of this? Um, ultimately, it's to glorify our Father in heaven. That's what it says. Give glory so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That is our aim. It's not about us. It's about God. Um, we want to be glorifying him. Um, so we do it all and everything that we do when we are shining brightly in the name of Jesus. Um, there are so many amazing social action projects 
outside the church, people who are loving the poor, who are standing up against injustice, um, who are yet yeah, doing everything they can, which is incredible. So if we're not doing it in the name of Jesus, how are we any different to them? We need to be, yeah, proclaiming his name, proclaiming his gospel, and proclaiming um, to people we meet the very source of our compassion, who is God. We can't just be showing compassion. We need to be proclaiming why we are doing it, and that is because of Jesus. Um, It's one of my favorite things about CAP, that they are so unashamed about that. They are so unashamed about the fact um, that they're Christian. Um, They love the poor. They love serving the poor. They want to see people set free from that, from debt, from unemployment. Um, But they love Jesus more. They love Jesus. So everything they do is those two things. And they want to make sure that people know that. They want to know why we're doing it um, and who we're doing it for. Um, It's not about us. It is about God. CAP are an amazing organization but they're always going to blow God's trumpet, not their own. Um, yeah. And you might be sitting here today thinking, this all sounds great. Like, I can see why we should do that. But actually, I'm quite tired. I don't feel like I've got it in me to shine. Um, that sounds like quite a lot of energy or effort. Um, I'm feeling not like really bright at the moment. I'm feeling a bit dull. What do I do? Do I just sit back and let other people... Um, And I think that's where it's just really important to remember that it's not us. We're not the source of light. Jesus is our source of light. That we are just, we're broken people who carry the light of the world in us. And he shines through us. Um, And the more time that we spend with him, not just at Rev, not just in church, not just in GCs or even running partners, but the more time we spend with him in the secret, quiet place, just really seeking after him and following him, the more mature we'll get and the more we like him we'll become. So the bigger impact we'll have on our communities because as people encounter us, they won't be encountering us, just us. They'll be encountering light itself. Um, so it's so important to not discount yourself, not to disqualify yourself, um, but to actually think, no, I want people to see Jesus in me. Um, and yeah, and as we grow in maturity, we will shine brighter. And I had this um, just picture or was thinking through and... Um, you know you can get those light bulbs from Poundland um, and they're, you put them in and they shine super bright and it's like, great, it's a great cheap light bulb, um, job done. Uh, but then you come in the next day and it's like, it's actually a bit dimmer, it's already faded. Um, okay, and then the next week you have to go and buy another one. Um, we don't want to be like that, we don't want to be like, yeah, all out, but then actually our energy fails because we're relying on ourselves and we're trying to do it all in our own strength, which will never get us far. Um, neither do we want to be like festoon light bulbs, which, in case you didn't know, are those ones that you see, um, particularly in Kentish Town, um, in hipster cafes, um, where you have to have about 10 of them in one place to actually make enough light for you to see. Um, they look great. <laughs> I really like them. Um, but it's all about looking good. They don't really do the job well enough. And we don't want to be Christians who are looking good, doing the right things, saying the right things, but actually we're not actually producing any light. We're not having any impact because, again, it's us. It's not Jesus. Whereas if we seek him and we follow him um, and we, we get our light from him, we'll be like CFL light bulbs. <laughs> you didn't know you were going to get an education in light bulbs. <laughs> um, which are the energy-saving light bulbs. <laughs> so when you put them in at first, they might look a little dim and you might wish you'd gone for the pound lamb ones. <laughs> 
but then you come back in a few minutes later and they've already got lighter. It's like always surprises me, even though I know it's going to happen. And then they grow brighter over time to save energy. Um, and that's what we want to be like. That's what we want to be like. We want to be becoming more and more like Jesus. We want to be um, getting brighter as we follow him, as we seek him first. Um, and yeah, just following on from that, I had another picture of, of planet Earth. And you know, you get those pictures that are taken from space, like the satellite ones. Um, and you can see the areas of um, dense population by just how much light is coming from them. You can see the cities. Um, and just this picture where, um, yeah, the, there's, there's kind of light there, but it's just getting brighter and brighter over time. And then it's as people see this light and they come into contact with it and they glorify the Father, it's spreading as well. Um, and then it's going, um, it's coming to other places where there wasn't much light before as people are like, I want to take that light to the darkness. I want to take it to places where it isn't already. And like that is us as the church. We should be growing brighter as individuals, but also corporately as a church. And then we should be going, we should be sending people, which we are. Um, that light will be growing in Frankfurt, it'll be growing in Gdansk, it'll be growing in places where we've sent people um, to plant churches. So let's not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Um, so yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about going into the community, um, about going outside, but I think it's really important we need to start and make sure we're loving our brothers and sisters because we are family in the church. Um, and so, yeah, we need to make sure that we are loving those here. So if you're sitting here today and thinking, oh, that's me, but I feel like cap is for people outside of the church, it really isn't. It's for, it's for everyone. It's for anyone who is struggling with debt. Um, and I'm just going to invite Leanne up now to share a bit of her story. guys. Um, So I was in a lot of debt for many, many years and I was highly embarrassed because I felt I bought this all myself. Um, I shouldn't be in debt and didn't really want to talk about it. But about three years ago I told Sally about it and she told me about CAP and I instantly thought it's not for me. I'm already a Christian (laughs) Um, and you know, I have a good job, I should, shouldn't be in this situation. But she really encouraged me to meet up with Ruth and um, to kind of partner with CAP. And yeah, they're just amazing. And a couple of years ago, I became debt-free, which is amazing. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, one thing I really love about CAP is that like I had so many credit cards that were maxed out, so many accounts, but they go through a budget with you and they give you one amount to pay to them and they sort everything out for you. So for someone that's struggling with like budgeting and spending and kind of burying your head in the sand, it's really easy for you. Um, So yeah, it was a really good experience. (laughs) Thank you, Leanne. So yeah, if that is you and you feel like, okay, no, I need to, I need to talk, to, I need to get involved with CAP, I need to chat through, please do come after the service, please don't wait, like, it, yeah, it's so much better to get help when you know it's there. Um, um, yeah, just going to read verse from Isaiah 61, it says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the, pris- darkness for the prisoners. Um, that is our commission. He's sending us to release 
prisoners from darkness. This is what we're called to do. Um, and yeah, light often shines brightest in the darkest darkness. Um, if you have a candle um, at twilight, you light it. It doesn't make much impact. But if you get it out in the middle of a um, power cut when there's no light, it shines so bright. We're, supposed, we're called to go to those places that are dark, um, spiritually dark. That's where we're called to go. Um, but we have the light of the world living inside of us. We have the light of life living inside of us. Um,